Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Ha! What a day! What a day. What a day. Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, man, I just... This is why I like doing what, I'm, what I do, you know. I had I was getting a haircut yesterday, and this funny thing happened. Um, I w- it was an interesting conversation. I'm not usually a conversationalist when I get my haircut. Uh, real quick, there's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. Law enforcement writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing, start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA. Since we've last spoken, right? So... 21 hours ago was the last time you heard my voice. (laughs) What's happened since? Well, uh, the Lakers did about the opposite of what we thought, right? Back it's against the wall. LeBron James, that game was over at the half. Um, 
Hmm, what else happened? Oh, I don't know. The Celtics kicked their head coach upstairs and Danny Ainge retires. Oh, and Mike Krzyzewski announced this will be his last season as Duke basketball coach. Not that much has happened. And it's, it's interesting because uh, yesterday I had, you know, like, you ever get that where you have an afternoon, you're like, you know, you're at the, the tweener stage where I could get a haircut into like the three week, early three week range and really feel good about where I am. But, you know, you start to cycle over early and, you know, you pay that money. Otherwise, if you're a once a month guy, I don't know if you're a every two weeks trim guy, however you do it. But there's a couple of barbers that I generally use. And one of them, you know, they always play a movie. It's got a cool surround sound. It's all guys. I don't really know the guys. So I just kind of nod my head like I care about their barbershop conversation. I don't think they know who I am. I don't know who they are. It's good. I go with my dude. Hayes, my son, we get our hairs, we get our haircuts and we kind of laugh at the conversation. We know nothing about and watch the movie. But yesterday I, I had, I had a morning where I like, I, I had a window there to get something done. So I chose to get a haircut and went to a place. It's a well-known kind of um, a local chain. And I sit down the lady's like, Oh, like 11 o'clock. This is West coast time. Doug Gottlieb show Fox sport trader. 11 o'clock. Uh, what time do you have to work? I said, well, at 12. I said, good job. You don't start early. I was like, yeah. So I kind of explained. She's like, what do you do? I told her what I did. She's like, oh, so do you like sports? It's like, it's kind of an odd question, but yes, I actually really like sports. So do you watch every game? I was like, no, I mean, like, it's not, not, not a reasonable way to have a life. Like sports is a lot more covering sports, a lot more about the stories than it is sometimes actually the games. Although the big games like last night's Laker game is important. And she said, like, how do you keep up with it all? I said, you know, one of the secrets is, and I told you guys this, I don't like to take a lot of time off. I just, I feel like I'm missing out. I feel like I'm missing out. I'm getting my opinion across. So I got a bunch of things to get to. I get to the the Celtic stuff. I'll get to the Duke stuff. Man, there's a bunch of things. The sea change in college basketball. Damian Lillard was otherworldly. Uh, da- uh, Daniel Jeremiah is going to join us as well in the second hour of the show. We'll talk some NFL and figure out any remedies he can see in the near future to Aaron Rodgers, Julio Jones, what makes sense, et cetera, et cetera. But I got to start with the, with the Lakers and something I've told you, I, I've, I've told you kind of came to fruition the past couple of days. Look, what happens is when a guy's a great talent and he plays alongside LeBron James and he wins a title, all of a sudden people start going like, man, maybe he's on team LeBron in terms of his health and his fitness. We also make the assessment all the time that what someone does on a bad basketball team, they're going to do have a similar performance or maybe even a better performance when surrounded by better players and a better team. That's Dennis Schroeder. Let's start with Anthony Davis, who didn't play last night. The line of the night belongs to Charles Barkley. He had this to say about Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, uh, I told you, the Lakers can't win this, 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 this series. Forget about the championship. They can't win this series without uh, street clothes. <laughs> I'm not even... You want to explain that? I call him Anthony Street Clothes Davis, because he's always in street clothes. Always in street clothes. You ain't got to explain it, Chuck. Yeah. So, look, look, I don't know. I don't know for a fact 
if what you do, what you eat, your level of fitness, your level of commitment, I don't know if it truly affects your performance or if your body breaks down. It's like sometimes it's freak things, right? Um, and, and Joel Embiid's like, you know, part of this discussion as well, not because he's not in shape this year, but years of not being in shape probably led to his litany of injuries. You know, we also don't know about the type of diet Joel Embiid had before he came to Florida and then to Kansas, uh, and then to the NBA, like all, all of that is the, the, the foundation of what you're, what you're built upon the foundation, just like your skills as a, as an athlete, your body is built upon the foundation of what you eat, how you train, how you stretch, how your body is built, you know, and with, with your trainers, if you have a trainer. Anthony Davis is not nearly as committed as a LeBron James is to his body, to his fitness. He just isn't. I, I've had enough people tell me that to know that it's not just like one people going like, hey, you know, I've had plenty of people tell me like Andy Davis is a great player, but he's just one of those hoopers. Like he'll get in and he'll left weights when he has to. But the the extra stuff, it's just not, it's always worked for him in basketball to just go play and work on your game and not your body and not hire the, the personal chef and not worry about, you know, how your body always looks. But this is much like, any of you have a really nice car? Gavin, if you could buy one car right now, what would it be? Uh, Tesla. I you have it doesn't a Tesla, really help Doug. me. I need a gas powered. <laughs> I need a gas powered okay. car for this for this uh, um, for, for this rant. <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know. Lambo. Do you like an SUV? Do you like something fast? Yeah, pick one. I, I like the fast cars. Yeah. Okay, two seater. I'm like we're talking Lamborghini or Ferrari, or are you more like? S-Class Mercedes, you know, or an M-Class BMW. You tell me. I like a, I like a BMW, maybe a four-door. All right, a BMW M-Series, like an M6, which is the two-door turbocharged, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. So you, you buy one, it's 110 grand. okay? You drive around all day, you pull into a gas station, and you open up that, the, the gas thing, and what does it say? What does it say? What does what say? The, what does it say inside when you're the, the little gas where you where the gas goes in? What does it say there on the sticker? I don't know. Filled. It line. says must take premium on letter. There you go. Yeah. Okay, which is ninety two. Anybody ever drive up and see what ninety two costs these days in California? A lot. You want to give me a um, a, a rough I mean, estimate? Well, probably be, in the five dollars. Yeah, I would say yeah. four seventy five ish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's the what's the eighty seven octane? Like four uh, or five, maybe four thirty. I, I you can get. I think you can get three ninety five, right? Okay, so again, let's say the gas tank holds. I, I think they hold fifteen gallons, right? And and it's seventy five cents more a gallon to get premium as opposed to regular unleaded. Are we okay with that as the spread? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So seventy five cents more times what we say twenty gallons, right? So you're looking at. What are we looking at? Uh, 1,500 1, cents, right? That's how much, that's how much, how many dollars more you're spending, like $15 more to fill up a tank of gas with premium than it is with regular, right? Now, keep in mind, you just spent $110,000 on a, on a brand new, beautiful automobile, but you're driving around, you're like, does it run on 87 Ramos? If you put the regular stuff in, does it run? I would think it will run. Yes. What do you think, Gavin? Does it run? Yeah, I would. 
It, it definitely runs. Yeah. So why put in the premium? That's what they tell you to do. <laughs> why put in the premium? Because the idea is, what's the point of having a turbocharged engine, 400, 500 horsepower, if you're not going to try and get the best possible, the optimum possible performance out of the car? Fair? So you're going to go expensive on the car and cheap on the gas. Well, that's the, that's the conundrum for the athlete, right? Anthony Davis is a Ferrari. He is a, an M6 BMW. Do I know for a fact that the car won't run as good? I do not. 87 octane, it probably operates. But this, the greatest likelihood you have of the car not having knocks running, getting all the performance out that you want from a performance automobile is to put the best stuff in. That's the difference. And while we can credit LeBron James for his motivation last year and his ability to facilitate the growth of Anthony Davis last year, we told you that when you get to your 30s, and he knows this, that's why you had to have Anthony Davis. He can't carry a team on his own. You know, he hit six threes, but most of those were in the third quarter. They were down 30 to half. The game was over. He's lost consecutive first-round games for the first time in his career. And oh yeah, by the way, Dennis Schroeder, who wanted $100 million a couple months ago when he turned down 84 guaranteed, he had a donut last night. 0 of 9, 0 of 4 from 3. Looked awful. The team did not look motivated. They looked defeated. And Phoenix rubbed their nose in it. Do I think part of it is LeBron being old? Sure. Do I think part of it is Anthony Davis and the lack of desire to do everything possible to get his body absolutely right? I do. I do think that's, that's, a, that's the, the strongest likely reason that here a super talented athlete who's still relatively young's body continues to break down. And do I think that Dennis Schroeder is the classic, you know, every bad team has a leading scorer? I don't care what you put up, how many points you put up with the Hawks when you're terrible. What do you do when it actually matters? And he's gotten worse, not better. This was LeBron after the game. We got our ass kicked. I mean, it's just that simple. Um, they did, got to whatever they wanted to get to in this game. And, uh, you know, we got to be better, obviously, if we want to force a game seven. So, obviously, a lot to uh, learn from in this game, a lot to cover. See, uh, you know, what we got to do better going into game six. But, um, I mean, they, they pretty much just kicked our asses. I mean, it's nothing else really to say. I, I, I love it from LeBron. I, I don't know if that's defeatist or just matter. It's definitely matter of fact, and it's honest. But this version of LeBron... I love the question is, was it just a one-off? Was it the proximity in time? Was it the fact they also, you know, you don't have KCP. He's got a bad knee. He hadn't made a shot. What, what is it? But we've gone from la, la, just last night it was, and I was in this camp. It's like, you know, look, I don't think the Lakers are in a great place mentally, physically. I'm not sure they're a great team. And we can undersell Phoenix to you all, all the time. But there is just the possibility that this is a lost season. He can't do it at the level consistently he used to. Now, even if they are able to win, they're going seven games. Plus, they had the play-in game. Something else is going to break down. Um, and I do think at some point you got to be resigned to the fact that the, the, the energy expended last year the quick turnaround, the change in roster, guys, we assume that a guy puts up 
17 a game one place, they put up 17 a game another place. That's not the way it works. And that LeBron James can be LeBron James of old. None of these have, have been able to occur. I mean, what a dramatic turn of events. I said this yesterday. Friday, the Clippers were dead and the Lakers were polishing off their rings and get ready for another one and get ready to hang another banner. Now, we're like one Clipper win away from going, it's completely flipped. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Gary Washburn joins us from the Boston Globe. Um, Gary, I've, I've been told from people today, like, yeah, they knew this was happening. Did you? I thought that they would have an organizational shakeup. I thought both Brad and Danny were safe in terms of being removed from their positions. Um, I thought Ainge was nearing the end. I didn't think he was going to retire today or get out of the game. But I did think that if Ainge were to stay, there were going to have to be some major uh, front office additions, probably a couple of subtractions, and the same with Stevens in terms of his coaching staff. There was going to have to be some major uh, reconstruction up and down the organization. What's missing there? What, why, why the per- perceived um, dysfunction? You know, I just think it's a matter, Doug, of being kind of maybe outdated. The, the players are younger. Um, they don't remember Danny as a player and, and that type of thing. So their memories are a little bit sh- are shorter. Their attention spans are shorter. You have to be more hands-on. Brad, you know, turned beat red trying to tell these guys what to do. Sometimes they listened, sometimes they didn't. There was a high level of frustration there. The players got along fine off the floor, but just didn't have any chemistry on the floor. Ainge didn't help by not, uh, you know, putting good players on this roster coming off the bench in comparison to what Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn did. So they got lapped. So it was a combination. It was a failure on all levels. Some players had disappointing seasons. The coaching staff did not do well. And Danny let the team down by not making some moves and making others he shouldn't have made. Um, In totality, though, would you deem his tenure a success? Yeah, you win a championship, go to another Game 7 Finals. I think overall, yeah, because I think there's been, as, as we know, Doug, uh, a lot of general managers who have long tenures have not quite ever won a championship, although they've been successful. So I think it's been successful. Was the last 10 years as successful as it could have been? No, especially after that 2013 trade where they got you know all those assets from Brooklyn and that was supposed to line them up to compete for NBA Finals. One of the problems, Doug, was they ran into LeBron. You know, they went to two Eastern Conference Finals and lost to LeBron. And then LeBron left the East. And then I think last year was a real gut punch. They're the third seed. They faced fifth seed Miami in the bubble. A chance to return to the finals. That probably changes the perception of everything. Even though if they lose to the Lakers in the finals, at least they made it. But they lose to Miami in six, um, a series that got dominated. And I think from then on, Doug, everyone was on alert. It was just a disappointing ending. And that kind of put the organization back. Okay, so who's the right fit? There's a lot of guys, Doug. I think, you know, 
Sam Cassell, Chauncey Billups. Uh, if you want to go, a former coach who just got Lloyd Pierce could be a guy. He's worked with uh, Tatum and Brown and Kimball Walker and Marcus Smart with USA Basketball. Uh, you know, I think Brad is going to go outside of his box here. I don't think he's going to, you know, name a successor who could be his twin. I don't think – I think he's going to take a, a really broad look at this. And that could mean someone like a Becky Hammond or a Carol Lawson. That he's not hiring Becky Hammond. Yeah. Uh, he's not I, – I just I, – I understand the, the media guys, you guys are in love with the Becky Hammond thing. You're not hiring Becky Hammond. You're yeah, not. It's, it's – whoever – I mean, like, look, all the things that you know – to be true are in fact true, right? They had trouble relating to the younger players. They had trouble kind of breaking through. They're, they're not doing that with somebody who didn't play in the NBA. Right? Yeah, so if you're going to circle guys and, and, and like, and everyone likes Lloyd, but they're better since he's gone in Atlanta. They're not hiring Lloyd. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the, it's the Chauncey, Sam Cassell, uh, yeah. uh, Sam Cassell, Jason Kidd. That, that pool makes sense to me is you got to get somebody that, that Jalen and um, and Jason Tatum, Jalen and Jason buy into. Now they got to be able to handle the rest of them, but you you those two are your you have to have two studs to ride with. And if those two guys aren't on board, you're not winning anything, and you're not parting company with them. That I believe is is the the likely. And I think he knows that. I think Brad has has pretty good situational awareness. I'm sure he knows they ain't listening to me. I got to figure out somebody who they are going to. Totally. And I, and I think that you're right. I mean, being a former NBA player, that, that holds a lot of water uh, in today's NBA. And that, that's not exactly all the, the models for every coach, but I think that they need a good, young, rising voice, someone who embraces analytics but not too much, someone, like you said, that can relate to Tatum, that can relate to Brown, but that can also be a disciplinarian, in some cases a mentor, a life coach, a uh, father figure, et cetera, and it does not hurt that the person might have played 12 years in the league and has been to NBA Finals and has been where those guys want to be. I think it's very important. I think Brad will – I think he will interview someone, a couple of uh, you know uh, dark horses for the job, but sure. I do think he'll keep it to that um, arena. Um, what about the personnel? I mean, I, I don't think they can get anybody to take Kemba's contract – I would guess the only thing they could do is move a Marcus Smart, who's in an expiring deal. Yeah, he's got one more year, and he's got the most tradable contract on the roster, or let's say a Tristan Thompson. Um, they don't have a lot of options in terms of free agency. They don't have any money. They're going to be a luxury tax team. So they're going to, let's say, if they find someone to take Kimba's contract, they're going to probably take a bad contract in return or an unwanted contract from a team. So you're swapping, let's say, Kimba Walker for Al Horford. Okay, if, if 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 you really want to do it like that, someone's bad money for your bad money. Um, you know they're going to have to draft well. They're going to have to be astute with these mid-level exceptions and pick quality free agents. You know, Danny did not do a, a very good job this offseason. They are coming off an Eastern Conference Finals. They added Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson and let essentially Gordon Hayward walk for nothing when they could have made a deal. Uh, with Indiana, so um, there's a lot of things that need to be done, but not a lot of resources to do them because Kimba Walker's contract is not is, is one of the worst at this point in the league. And but John Wall got traded, Westbrook got traded. I guess anybody can be moved, but it's going to be challenging. 
It is going to be, it's going to be very, very challenging. Um, what, what, what do you think of, of Kyrie's antics? Uh, granted, nothing welcomes or, or tells somebody they should throw a plastic bottle at a guy. But he did kind of, st- he, he, he stoked the fire with the, with the talks about racism and then the mushing of the nose of the leprechaun. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like, I feel like Kyrie's looking at himself like he's been a victim of Boston for the past couple of years when I felt like he was the one who said he was coming back before anybody even asked. Yeah, Doug, it's, I mean, I think we all can say Kyrie's a confusing guy. I mean, he's just, he's just, he, he just can't figure him out. And the fact that, I don't know why he would have beef with Boston. I think they treated him the way that as much they gave him as much as he wanted. It didn't work out. He was injured the first year. The next year was just a lot of chaos on the roster. Um, for him to walk away, and the ownership said, "Hey, good luck." They, they didn't badmouth him publicly. The organization wished him the best. He said he wanted to choose his, his uh, next team. He did. He went home to Brooklyn. So I don't know why this animosity toward Boston. I don't know why he would have stepped on the logo like that. I don't know. It's 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 not a situation where I mean, he actually obviously committed to come back and then he reneged on that agreement. Um, so it's hard to figure out why Kyrie does what Kyrie does. But I think you're right. I think he wants people to believe and to perceive that he was a victim in Boston or that it was it was a tough situation or they put him through a lot. And I didn't see it. I was there firsthand, I didn't see them putting him through a lot or him having, he just didn't, he wasn't a good leader, he wasn't a good number one guy, and he went to a place, Doug, that he doesn't have to be a number one guy. He doesn't have to be a team leader. They got it. They got two other guys who can do that. They got two other guys who are just as proven, if not more proven, than he is, so it's a good position for him. In Boston, he was the lead dog, the head of the snake. It didn't work out for him there. He wasn't comfortable in that position. Gary, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this this is an enjoyable time. Even if losing isn't enjoyable, it's an enjoyable time to speculate and to wonder what the future looks like. Thanks so much. Thank you. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm. Um, what an interesting, interesting time in sports. Right. Interesting time in sports. Roy Williams retired. And um, it's always fascinating to me. I five years ago, I said, hey, there's people in basketball talking about Roy Williams might retire. But if he does it, he'll walk away so that Hubert Davis gets it. I was wrong on the timeline because he had had to have knee replacement surgery and he had lost his best friend part of the group he travels with in the summer, but I was right in terms of the, he was worn down by the sport today. 
news came out about Mike Krzyzewski, who's going to step down at the end of this coming season. And this, of course, a couple months after Roy Williams did announce that last year was his last year. Get to that in a second. First, there's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. Law enforcement writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA. Uh, Jeff Goodman broke the story that Mike Krzyzewski has decided to retire after this coming season. And that apparently John Shire, who, of course, like Mike Krzyzewski from Chicago, played point guard for Krzyzewski when they won a national title, is going to be the uh, head coach in waiting. Adrian Wojnarowski said Duke has talked to outside candidates before placing Krzyzewski, Tommy Amaker, and others. Shire is Duke's choice to replace Coach K. He was a lead recruiter in Jason Tatum and Zion Williamson. So there's a couple of things. One, there's the sea change in college basketball, right? But college basketball, even more so than college football, you have institutions, guys that have been there. I mean, Jim Beheim has been in Syracuse for 40 years. 40 years. You know, my Krzyzewski over 30. And... You know, Roy Williams had only been at two places, and granted, it had only been 20 years at, at North Carolina, but he was also a student there and a manager there and assistant coach there. So there's a combined like 35, 40 years there. Yet institutions. So Duke and Carolina and Indiana, three of the three of the ten greatest college basketball programs, all gonna have new coaches. So too will Arizona, Oklahoma, Marquette, Texas. Duke obviously one more year, but what a crazy sort of end to it for Mike Krzyzewski. Um, I, so, so I, look, I, I, I don't think I know there's a litany of reasons why. One, at some point you do, are like, okay, I'm good. You know, I'm good. Like, I, I think Jim Beheim, frankly, would have retired if not for the fact he gets to coach his kids. But the idea of always having something, you get to your 70s, you got grandkids, you know, you want to go live a little bit. Totally understand it. But I also think there's a little something or a good a good portion of something to where we're going with the sport with sports. Like if you don't think there's a correlation between Shashevsky and Roy Williams retiring about the same time, it's not just their age. If you don't think there's a correlation between Shashevsky and Brad Stevens both stepping aside on the same day, you're not paying attention. It doesn't mean that the new way is wrong. It's the way the entitlement, which has always kind of been there. But like, look, this is what we've done to teachers for the last 20 years is what we're doing to coaches. If something goes wrong, it is always the coach's fault. First kid gets in trouble at school. Psh, the teacher, I mean, come on, what are you doing? Right. And and I'll be honest, like as a parent, I have to check myself so I'm not guilty of it because I see my kid at home. I know his, you know, my, my kid's flaws, I'm not an idiot. So I know what's possible and reasonable. But sometimes you're like, he, they did what? My kid? No way. Then I think to myself, like, that's something that I would have done if I was in this time. But the, the, if, if you don't think that this is part of it, the only is part of it. That Mike Krzyzewski, and some of it is he's a victim of his own success. Right? They weren't able to get those elite level one and dones. 
than they did. Kyrie Irving is one, didn't have great success with him, but he wasn't healthy the whole time. They got beaten by Arizona in the, in the NCAA tournament. Then they were able to succeed and win a championship. And even though they didn't win a championship with Zion, they were able to be the talk of the, uh, of, of the college, maybe the entire basketball world. Zion made them likable again. But then this year it blew up. He had a one and done that wasn't all in. It seemed like he kind of ruined their, their year. Just a lack of connection. Right? Then he couldn't get the same player's best friend out of Milwaukee and said, play with his, play, is going to play for his daddy. You'll be Milwaukee. Like all of these things are related. It's not, I'm spoiled that I'm not getting my recruits and I'm taking my, but like, I don't know. It's just not what he's about. And, and is there a certain level of hypocrisy when you're taking six, $7 million a year? I guess. But when you've been doing it for that long, you're that successful. It's all based upon your name. Like, let's be honest. Like Duke's name is synonymous with Mike Krzyzewski. You can sit here and tell me that Duke players don't benefit from it, but that's a bunch of crap. They all do. They're all on TV covering the sport that they played and played well. Or coaching the sport or you know, the commissioners at Dukey. Right? Once you're in, it's like skulls. Once you're in, you're in. But it's because of the success that Shashevsky has been able to breed there. And when you've done it for 35 years, you're going to be overcompensated. Reasonable. But it is not, I do not believe in coincidences like that. Oh, they must, yeah, Brad Stevens and, and did you notice that Brad Stevens, he could have had the Indiana job, he didn't want it. He could have had the, the Duke job, he didn't want it. There is something amiss with how we treat that age of player and how that age of player's coach is being treated that some of the best and brightest who it should be in their bones to want to do it are like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Brad Stevens is from Indiana. He went to DePaul University. Then he coached at Butler. A chance to be the head coach with a with a blank check at IU. And he didn't even blink about it. He's like, nah. Like, you know, you might get fired. Like, nah, I'm good. Duke comes open the day all this goes down. And again, it had been brewing and percolating for a while. Brad Stevens was interested. What, what does that tell you about the profession? What does it tell you about the profession? You know? I do think they probably had to call, reach out to Brad Stevens. You know, Amaker has been successful, obviously, uh, at Harvard. And he was successful at Seton Hall. Not as much at, at Michigan coming off probation. Johnny Dawkins has been successful at Central Florida. Well, wasn't great at Stanford, but did get him to the tournament. Um, I mean, look, a year ago or two years ago, Wojo would have been, it would have been an argument with Wojo. Obviously he lost his job. It wouldn't stun me if he's back there, right. As part of that, the new, the new staff, but this is going to be interesting to see how it comes to a close for Duke, right? Who do they play? What's it like when he walks out the door? I guess it's going to leave Bayheim still standing crazy. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Let's welcome in Daniel Jeremiah, who joins us. DJ, did you watch the Lakers game last night? I'll be honest with you, Doug. I have not watched one minute of, uh, of, of NBA playoffs. So I've totally 
totally been away from it. It's, how has it been? I know the Lakers got smoked last night. Got smoked last night. I mean, we just, it is one of those things. It's a little bit like, you know, I don't know if we'll get to that place with Brady, but you'd expect at some point where you're like, all right, LeBron's going to bail us out tonight. And he just couldn't. Just, just couldn't. I, I don't think he, and he did have six threes last night, but mostly I think all in that third quarter when the game was already kind of decided. Um, but it, it's one of those deals where, like, if if you think that dude is going to be the dude forever, you're basically telling me that science, basic science, is completely wrong, and it's not. It's undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I'd be curious to see what uh, what happens with them going forward. Just not just this year, but next year. I did see the. I did see Barkley's line on Anthony Davis. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, what is it? You can't make the tub can't make the can't club, make the club if you're in the tub. tub or what was it? Yep, that's it. Can't make the club in the tub. Can't make the club in the tub. Let, let's talk about about making the club. Um, let's start with, the, with 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 Julio Jones. He essentially has to either have his contract reworked or be traded, but probably reworked and traded is what'll happen because they're in such salary cap hell. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle's talking about it. You know, obviously that would be acquiescing some to, to Russell Wilson. I'm not sure if it's total need base, but I mean, should the Packers, like who else should be engaged in this thing? Well, the two teams and Bucky and I talked about this today on all the move the sticks, which was you hear the Titans and you hear the Seahawks. And to me, I almost think the Seahawks thing makes sense. If you figure out, you know, everybody you talk to around the league expects it'll be for a second round pick. Um, uh, you know, look, when you have to give up a second-round pick, it's going to hit your cap. He's going to want a new deal. He's 32 years old. His GPS numbers for the last three years have gone down each year. Um, you know, it's it's to me, it's kind of a – it's in kind of all-or-nothing aggressive play. Um, and it makes sense on the timetable. When you look at Seattle, Doug, they've got no first-round pick next year. Um, they've got, I believe, no third-round pick either. So – now you're sitting there going, you're going to part with a second pick, or maybe they have no fourth round pick, but they part with a second pick. I think they'd be left with just a third round pick, you know, to the first four rounds. It kind of makes sense to do it, and then just kind of all your chips in. Russell Wilson, the last dance here, see if you can do it, and then if it doesn't work, that would be the time to me where you trade Russ and you recoup as many picks as you can and you rebuild that team. Yeah, I, I guess the the question then becomes. Um, it, like, like, what do you do? What do you do with his next? Because con- he's going to want a reworked contract, right? So, I mean, so what do you do with Julio Jones if, in fact, you get him and you have to have that reworked contract? Yeah, that's definitely what he's going to want to do. I would, I would, uh, you know, if you look at the Seattle situation, to me, I would, you know, probably try and massage that and just just let it be known it is what it is. Like, we're this is a one year go for it type situation, but. Yeah, you know, everybody you talk to says that he's gonna, you know, for him to step on the field, that's what he's gonna want is a new deal. I just, man, it's a lot to give up in compensation in every way you look at it, from draft compensation as well as the money and the, and the space on your cap for a for a receiver who's really good. But you know, this is he's, you know, he's, yeah, he's not he's not close to what he used to be. Right, it's a young no, man's and game it's declining. and right. And for that for that money, you can go out and get a bunch of dudes. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you think ultimately Atlanta does? Oh, I think I think they will trade him. You know, I, I you know, I I just be curious to see who, what they end up getting in terms of a draft pick. I know, you know, some teams that I've talked to said there's no way, you know, considering all that you'd have to, to uh, do, you know, to, to squeeze him in, that I would give up a second round pick. So I'm curious to see what that ultimately ends up being. 
Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Daniel Jeremiah. Haven't heard anything on the Aaron Rodgers front. Um, there was a report out of The Athletic that they're not trading him unless they really thought he was never going to play for the Packers, and they don't think that's the case. What are you hearing? Yeah, I haven't heard anything lately. You know, it's just been kind of quiet on that front. But, you know, I feel like we've both been kind of in the same camp on this for a while, which is we're not trading you. If you're going to play football anymore, it's going to be with us. So, you know, we're trying to give you an olive branch here, get you a new contract. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to force your way out of here. So um, I just I don't see this really ending any other way. So um, when do you think he shows up? I think the last minute. You know, I think you get to the start of training camp, and and I think that's probably when he would he would come in. I think that's when his leverage disappears. So it, it, at some point in time, you just be like, okay, look, I might not be happy here, but make him pay a, a you want to call it a snow boot tax. You know, I'm going to live in Green Bay and freeze my butt off for the last couple of years of my food, and I'm a, I want a snow boot tax. So you have to give me a new deal. That's kind of where I think that ends up happening. There's been people that are critical of of Urban Meyer and, you know, the Travis Etienne, when they drafted him, he said they, they look at him as a third down back. Now he's out with the wide receivers. Does, do they know what they're doing in Jacksonville? That's the question. They know what they're doing. I think it's TBD. I think we'll wait and see how this whole thing comes together. I do, uh, I do think, and we were talking, another thing we were talking about today, which was if you look at LaVisca Chenault when he was at Colorado, Doug, like they used him in some Wildcat stuff. And now you're talking about a guy who's – whatever he is, almost 6'3", 225 pounds, who's a 4'3 guy um, who can line up line up back there and do all those things. Like, I just have a hard time imagining they're going to choose to put Tebow in that role over somebody like LaVisca Chenault. Um, so, you know, I, look, I think there's a lot of talk about Tebow. There's, you know, how are they going to use Travis Etienne? You can experiment with things in the spring. I would imagine it'll be a little bit more conventional once we get to, uh, once we get to the real games. Big Ben came out yesterday and just happened to throw out, hey, you know, I had my elbow completely reconstructed. Now, we all knew that there was something, a Tommy John-like surgery, kind of classic Big Ben with the, you know, like, you know, my arm almost fell off and then I had it reconstructed. But does this give us a better sense for just how bad it was and that he can actually get back closer to who he used to be? Yeah, I mean, even if it wasn't to that level of uh, of a surgery it's just being a year removed you know from any surgery it's going to be he's going to be better um so you know i'm i'm uh, i'm somewhat optimistic there that he'll be able to push the ball down the field you know he didn't he couldn't do it last year you saw the once we got to the last month of the season the field just shrunk and teams did not honor that or respect that and they were done once that happened so yeah, you hope that that uh, he gets a little bit more on it so he can expand the field a little bit because if he does Look at the numbers that Claypool put up last year, and then imagine if you know Ben's just twenty percent better and can get the ball down the field. That dude's going to end up being one of the best receivers in football. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be going to be pretty pretty and pretty incredible. Um, speaking of Atlanta, didn't they? Do you think they just you know did they draft Antonio? I mean, excuse me, Julio Jones replacement, right? Doesn't that feel like what they actually did? We thought tight end, but really he's Antonio uh, Julio Jones replacement. Yeah, no, I think when you look at, at what you can do with Pitts, I mean, he's Julio was the ultimate mismatch player. Now you've got a different type of mismatch player, and I think you get better matchups with the tight end right now than you do with the wideout. So I think that target share, to kind of get look at it from maybe a fantasy type of a perspective, the target share, I would think, would uh, would be picked up here by Kyle Pitts. And now you've got Kyle Pitts on 
safeties and linebackers, which is even more advantageous than Julio Jones or corners. Okay, uh, help me out with the Patriots. Um, there's been talk of them with Julio Jones. I don't see that, but maybe. W- what What is your sense of what they're actually going to end up like? What's the game plan going in? I think they're going to. I think everybody's going to spend this whole training camp, and, you know, talking about who's going to be the quarterback and you know what this offense is going to is going to look like. And they're quietly just kind of. To me, everything points to the to the old school formula. They're going to play great defense. Their special teams will be the best in football, and they're going to run the football. Like I, I really think that's what they're going to do. And they've you know they've got tight ends now with some easy completions in there. Um, I just you know I think we're going to. It wouldn't make sense to me for Julio Jones with them. It just it just doesn't it just doesn't matter. It doesn't fit what they want to do. What what in your mind, uh, Daniel Jeremiah? is our guest in the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What in your mind should be the number for a new Baker Mayfield contract? Wow, I haven't even uh, haven't even thought about it. I mean, when you What was the number? I feel I feel like t- t- give me let me let me interrupt just one second, right? Yeah. Lamar's a hard one because even though he hasn't he's missed a game or two, right? He hadn't even been hurt. You do wonder Ultimately, like he runs a lot, he's gonna get hurt or it's gonna wear him down. And there's a ceiling there, but he's been the MVP of the league, right? So we can undersell what he's done the playoffs. They want to they want to come from behind playoff game last year. Um, Baker, I think, is the guy because you know he they got to the playoffs. He's gotten better, but no one thinks that he's an elite guy. You want to keep him because he's your guy. He's your former number, but you don't. He's not a thirty-five, forty million a year guy. No matter what you want to tell me, so I guess how do you how do you even approach that? I mean, to me, I'm looking at I'm looking at low low thirties, which even sounds huge, right? But I think when you kind of look at where the market's going, I think what was Mahomes forty-five um, at the very top. So I think you've got uh, Golf. Golf is in the low thirties. I think Cousins in the low thirties. Like that's kind of his neighborhood to me is is in the low thirties, which is still it's a ton of money. But I think when you when you think about that franchise, Doug, and having worked there for a couple of years, um, that that famous jersey with all the names of all those brown quarterbacks, yeah, and at least Baker has given them some stability. It might not be a superstar, but he, there is some stability there. So I think that does that does account for something. So yeah, I think if, if Jared Goff is in like the what thirty two range, like that's that'd be kind of what I'd be targeting if I were the uh, if I were the Cleveland Browns. I, I get it, but the Jared Goff contract's a bad like we're comparing it to a bad contract. Yeah, but the contracts have all left the, him since then. You know, like I mean, we've already gone up to forty for Dak and forty five for Mahomes. Like as these things continue to trickle in, you're going to start getting to, to closer to fifty. So while, while it might not look great year one, by year two. Year three, I think that's you know, you're in the Kirk Cousins neighborhood. Yes, but again, but again, those those deals still hold you back. That's why the teams are going to the younger. That's that's basically what happened with the Jets. Just like, well, we're a year away from the fifth year option, or we could reset this thing, and now we're below twenty for the next you know four years. I, 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 think, I think I think though with another organization, it's like you're the Rams, right? I think it's easier for them to to move on. Obviously, they upgraded with Stafford, but. There's other organizations where I think it's easier to swap a guy out, swap a guy in. I think when you look at Cleveland and this meandering journey they've been on at that position for 20 years and just being completely irrelevant, 
and the ownership there, having seen how bad it gets, I think they're going to be okay with overpaying a, a stable, steady guy. I think I really do. Huh. Well, I'm mean, yeah. I, I team, you know, GMs do like cost certainty, and they they love the idea of uh, they love the idea of having the same guy and having consistency. Just the question is, what is the what is that worth, right? Yeah. What, what yeah, is? No, what? to me, it's again. You're not gonna if you look at it in a vacuum and you compare him, you're gonna say, okay, well, gosh, he he doesn't. You know, I, I, I would prefer to pay him underneath this level of player. But, uh, you know, again, I just look at that team and I say, we're ready to win right now. And while you might say we can find an upgrade somewhere else, that's not certain. And we got a team that's ready to win right now, so we don't really want to take that chance. We're okay with you know, overpaying a little bit here. I, I just think that having been around that organization and their search and their journey, I don't, uh, I don't see them being a, a risky bunch. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Daniel Jeremiah is our guest. Who is the best team that we're not talking about? That is a good one. Um, well, I feel like everybody's been talking about the Browns and their roster. I think it's a good group. I'll, I'll give you one. Out here um, in, in, you know, doing the Charger games, I think that whole division is pretty interesting. And I, I would say Denver, if they could just get reasonable quarterback play. When you look at their roster with, with pass rushers and pass catchers, playmakers and, and you know, big time safety, like they've got they've got some dudes, man. Um, but nobody they're just kind of an afterthought because they haven't been able to get consistent quarterback play. So that that one is interesting to me. They've had consistent quarterback play. It's been consistently inconsistent. Consistently bad. <laughs> yeah, consistently bad. They've had bad quarterback yeah. play. You know, yeah, that's, no, that's, that's fair. That's, really... that's fair. But Court, Courtland Sutton coming back with Jerry Judy, I mean that's a They've got K.J. Hamler's got some big-time speed. They have two tight ends in Albert O. and Fant, who are both low 4-4 guys. Like, that's a lot of stress they can put on a defense. No question about it. But again, you know, like, if you don't have a quarterback, you feel like you don't really have a chance. Uh, From the NFL Network, move to six spot. Go ahead. That's the whole deal, man. So uh, it'll be interesting to see that division. I I do think it's going to be a fun race out here in the West. Are you as flexible as Fernando Tatis? Oh, gosh, no. No. But uh, that that hurts. Some of that stuff that he does just—I don't know—it doesn't make any sense. It, just, it doesn't. But he's got—he's got to get back in the lineup, man. He's missing some games. Well, are you gonna call him street clothes? What is that? Street clothes, Tatis? Is that no, what you're calling? No, no. When he's—I think he's missed like 16 games, and he still leads the majors in home runs. So I'm yes. okay with that. Pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Daniel Jeremiah, check him out at Move the Sticks podcast in the NFL Network. Thanks so much. Thanks, folks. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, let's get to Eddie House. Works for Fox Sports 1, covers the NBA. Of course, one NBA championship with LeBron at Eddie underscore House 50. He joins us. I was, I was stunned, not just at the Lakers losing, but the way in which they lost. Uh, what was your reaction to what happened in Phoenix last night? It looked like, first off, how you doing, Doug? What's Good, going man. on, man? Um, it almost looked like they, once once they got hit in the mouth, You a lot of times you go to your opposing team's arena, you come into it, they got energy, they're hyped before the game, the crowd's into it, and you take that first blow, and then you kind of settle in, the dust settles, and it becomes a basketball game. It seemed like once they got hit, 
they were like, hey, it was almost like getting hit. Remember how Mike Tyson's opponents used to look when they first got hit by Mike Tyson at the beginning of his career? When they first yes. got hit, they was on their heels. They didn't want any more. Even a grazing blow would have them going down, and that's what it looked like. It looked like a team that was retreating that um, – you know, as much as LeBron uh, w- wanted to try to get everybody else involved, they just weren't getting it done. They weren't knocking down shots. And now, to me, honestly, I just think they take too many threes. They're not a three-point shooting basketball team, and they take too many threes. I think on the flip side of that, look at what the Phoenix Suns did. Every time LeBron had the basketball, everybody was loaded to the ball. That He couldn't find too many gaps to, to get into the paint, to get to the basket, um, there were there was somebody either at the uh, the nail, there was somebody at the elbow, there was somebody always there, a secondary defender that he'd seen. Um, not that he had to get past and then he had to deal with the secondary defender. No, he'd seen two everywhere he went. There was a wall, and it forced him, because LeBron's a guy that makes the right plays, forced him to make the right plays. And uh, unfortunately for, for the Lakers and fortunately for the Suns, their game plan worked, and uh, the, the others just weren't getting it done, weren't knocking down shots. Do you think they're done? I, the, the way it looked like, the way it looked last night, it looked like they were done yesterday. Uh, it looked like, man, there's no shot. But I, I can't discredit the, the the effort, the basketball acumen of the coaching staff that the Lakers have, um, of LeBron James. Uh, so I, I can't say that they're done just on those things, but from me being a competitor and seeing how everybody reacted, how the team reacted, there was really no fight. Um, and that's the thing that's the scary part about it that makes me think that it could be done. Um, there was just no fight. You know, uh, you could lose a basketball game, but you can't get punished. And if you're getting punished, at some point you change it and say, okay, we could find something in this game that was a positive. I don't think you could find anything that was positive for the Lakers yesterday. That's Eddie House joining us here, NBA champion, of course, and NBA analyst as well. It's Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, what about the Suns? Uh, we, like, th- there's like no discussion about the Suns, it seems like. They're number two. Remember last year they were the hottest team, and they just didn't make it uh, in the playoffs out of the bubble. This year, um, obviously you've seen massive improvement from DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul went healthy, has been... Uh, has been the leader and the point guard that they desperately needed. Some people liked him as the MVP. And then they have Devin Booker, who is a walking bucket, maybe not to level in the playoffs yet of a Jason Tatum or, or, or Damian Lillard, but that type of scoring weapon, um, does it change your outlook for the possibility that, that they could make a, a finals run here this year? A finals run to me, that's a, that's a stretch for, for me. But, uh, again, you know, because I think that at Utah is, is a hell of a basketball team that's been there, that's been competitive, that without Bogdanovich last year, uh, you know, was competitive. And I thought that they would make a run last year without him. But with having him inserted there, Jordan Clarkson being another threat, another guy that can score and take the scoring load off of Donovan Mitchell, I still think it will be a tough series. And I think that, you know, just the experience of Utah will get them past. But, um, the thing about the Suns is they believe, man. They believe in each other. I mean, all they believe in the coaching staff. The coaching staff believes in the front office. The players believe in each other. And those are things that, that those are intangibles within an organization, you know, that if you have that with some players that can play and with that belief, you could go a long way. You could go, you could go a long way. Now, can you get all the way there? That's, 
that that that's tough. That that's extremely tough. But at the same time, you know, I think that James Jones has done a fantastic job putting pieces around Devin Booker um, and Aiton. I think Aiton has been phenomenal. You know, as much as people and I live in the Valley, as much as people talk about, oh, we should have took Luka Doncic. We took a, the Luka. Why did we not take Luka? We took DeAndre Aiton. I say DeAndre Aiton. His numbers are extremely impressive in the playoffs, but just his career numbers. I mean, what more do you want somebody to do? You know, get you a double-double, you know, close to 20 and 10. Um, So um, they want him to be a Kim Olajuwon, and that's not what he is, you know. So I I think that they have a great mix. They'll be extremely competitive throughout these playoffs, and they believe. And Devin Booker's a killer. Now, Chris Paul's health, you know, let's see how that shoulder holds up, you know. that was a little scary for him last night, but at the same time, you know, they was able to gut it out and get that win, and it was a blowout from the beginning, so it wasn't too much pressure. Um, but I, I think there they'll be a very competitive team with this year's experience of playoff uh, experience. I think next year a very formidable team that can make a very very deep run and, and possibly uh, get to the finals. Eddie House joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Eddie, you were famously an explosive scorer going back to your college days, right? Uh, but the show that Damian Lillard put on last night, mm. how how would you contextualize it from somebody who's actually played against that level of defense in in that type of environment? I'm, I'll tell you this: that it, you know he didn't want to lose, and he did everything he could possibly do to keep his team from losing. Except they lost the game. You know, he just needed. He did everything he could do. Okay. Um, it was one point they were down eight points, and I'm not even playing. I turned from it. I was like, oh, this game's over. I want to say it was the first overtime. I was like, this game's over with. Click, and I, and uh, one of my friends called me. was like, hey, man, I was like, hey, don't tell me. Let me click back. I clicked back, and sure as, sure as uh, everything, Dame did it again. And I was just like, man, you know, he is unbelievable. I think Portland might not be the place for him. It's a hard sell for other free agents. I know he wants to build something there, his, his loyalty – Loyal to a fault, um, because the minute you're not performing, they will get rid of you. But um, I think that he has to come to grips that players don't want to come to Portland. Portland is not an attractive place. And, hey, maybe you guys go somewhere that's more attractive and build there, some very similar to what uh, Brooklyn has done. And, and, and that's what it is nowadays. I mean, if you expect to compete for championships, and I've heard Dame say this plenty of times, it is not. that's not something that – He's too worried about defining him. He has other things that he feels that defines him as a man and as a person. His basketball um, accomplishments speak for themselves. But ultimately, when we all view everybody's career and and, uh, put it in a bubble, we want to see the end result and was it a championship or not. And I think if he stays in Portland, it'll be definitely, I don't think that 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 will get done. It's just not an attractive place for other uh, other players, free agents, superstars to come and play in that organization, nothing against it, um, or that city, but it is more attractive places, more marketable places that you could be playing at. And if he was to go there and team up, and I know he's against that, team up with some other guys, I mean, that's the only thing missing. He needs some other guys that have that in him, that have that in them, the same thing that he has. They have to have that same thing. Um, Otherwise, it'll be this, great performances, but fell short. Um. Why do you think the Celtics fell apart? Well, injury, number one. But then you know how it is, uh, Doug. You know this. We see you hear the same voice over and over. At first, it gets you riled up. You know, you believe in it. 
and then the next year the same thing. Oh, we was, we could do, get it this year. And then the next year, I mean, we're right there. We we could get there. We'll we'll be there. The, and then so far the message starts falling on deaf ears. Guys that were extremely young start becoming superstars and start understanding different levels of the game. Start understanding the game a little different, and not really the not that they don't believe in the coach, but at the same time, uh, kind of have. Uh, went above and beyond that message. They just tuned him out. Um, yeah, you know, just it falls on deaf ears. So I think that injuries happen and, and that as well, you know, the same voice over and over. And we've we seen it with, with the Clippers, with Doc. Uh, we, even when Doc was with the Celtics, that just happens over and over. Um, unless you're winning. If you are winning, it doesn't matter. But when you get close and then you don't get back to that level, then, you know, things start getting a little, the, the water start getting a little murky and, and people are looking for for a different voice and, and different and, and start to blame. You know, the coach is the first guy to go. Sure, sure. In, in your mind, does it have to be a former player who's the next coach? Right. You, you go the opposite of what you had previously. Brad didn't play in the league. Do you have to get somebody who played that that's more relatable to the players? I, and that's exactly the key right there. Now, playing or not playing, you have to get somebody who is relatable to these players. Um, this is definitely a different era. So you could get a player, a former player but is not relatable to this era of basketball or, or this generation of, of players. You have to get somebody that is, is able to relate on every level, you know, dealing with the social media stuff, um, understanding that this is a total different league than it has ever been. One of the youngest, this is the youngest league uh, with guys being one and done in um, two years. It's just, look at the superstars around the league, how young they are. Uh, so it's going to have, it's going to be a, a coach that has to be able to, um, be on the same page on all, on all aspects of those things, you know, as far as understanding how these players are nowadays. Um, I just it, it, So to me, that's the main thing. Uh, former player, I would love to see that. I think it needs to be more former players in the league. But at the same time, it, it has to be somebody that can relate and um, really get these guys going because I think they have so much talent. I think they're a couple pieces away from really, really competing, uh, you know, you got Brown, you got Tatum, but I think that you have a you have to add a couple more real dogs on that team uh, for them to move forward and be extremely competitive in a in a, a damn competitive uh, Eastern Conference. Eddie House joining us. Uh, meanwhile, the Bucks are just kind of laying back, watching all these teams fall by the wayside. Then, then you had the Nets; they dusted off the Celtics. If you had to pick one team to come out of the East, who is it? It's the Nets. It's the Nets. I just, it's too much firepower. I think the other day, between those three guys, they had 104 points. I mean, that's hard. You got three guys giving you 104 points. That's pretty tough to beat. I mean, that's going to be hard to beat. And then just their um, effort level on defense has been on another level. I have uh, from, from watching them in the regular season to watching them right now. I've seen guys rotate a little bit more. Guys are, are, are running, guys, uh, uh, players are running. Uh, shooters off the three-point line, and when they run them off the three-point line, there's a help right there to make them pass. Here comes the rotation for a contested shot. Those things didn't exist in the regular season. They're playing like they want to win a championship, and I don't think that those three guys, I don't think that you could get any other team to match up with those three guys. You want to say when they play Milwaukee, we could just say uh, KD and Giannis is a wash. Can we say that? And then what happens with the other two guys? You know, James Harden, to me, is the most important player on that team. He's a guy who is facilitating for everybody else. He yep. doesn't worry about shooting. But believe me, if he has to, and we he all know this, 
Yeah, he can go get it whenever he wants yeah. to. Um, I think, look, I think the, the Clippers have and were better than the Mavericks. But, I mean, like, look, it was two games to none. And the Mavericks are up 19 in the first quarter, 17, and they take out Luka. I know NBA is like, hey, man, it's a rotation. It's a long game. Everybody makes a run. But, man, you got a team down 17, and he's running a fever and taking him out. There's a lot of things that change in that series, but that, to me, was a massive change that opened the door back up for the Clippers in Game 3. Yeah, I think when you have your foot on a, a team's neck, you got to go ahead and stomp a little harder and twist and put all your weight on it to make sure that they're done. And I think this is the one thing. Rotations are out the window. There's no such thing as rotation. There's no such thing as being tired because these are the playoffs, right? Um, everybody knows that you have a longer bench in regular season and it shortens up. So the rotation thing is out the window. You've got to play the hot hand. You've got to do, do what's best for your team. And, you know, that could be a mistake to where coach looks back and say, damn, you know, I should have left him in there, let it roll, roll out a little bit, get a bigger lead, then give him a couple minutes, you know, during the TV timeout, give him a couple minutes there and then insert him back in. But now they're in a the dogfight. I think Ty Lue did a fantastic job with shaking up the lineup. He has Reggie Jackson not being the point guard, but being in a natural position of being a scorer, which what he is. Paul George can just be who he is. Kawhi can be who, who he is. Rondo can be who he is, a facilitator, a guy who's a disturber on defense, and that's what he's doing. And then they got Batum in there where they can switch all those players. I think that is the look, and that's the change. Now, I want to see this is the chess match that's being played. Now, what is Coach Carlisle going to do when he comes back out? What is he going to do to combat what the Clippers have done? You know, how are you going to sit back and try to keep push, run through that brick wall, or are you going to figure a way to go over the top of it or blast right through it? So that's, that's the key to me, and I think it's going to be a great game. To be honest with you, man, we can't be more happy with what's been going on in, in NBA playoffs. I mean, if, if you're a basketball fan, you've got to be in heaven, really, though. Eddie, great stuff, man. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. No problem, man. Have a good one. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.